Father in heaven, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. God, we know you're here. But Lord, we ask you for an extra measure of your presence, your Holy Spirit, so that the ministry of the word will go forth in power and hearts will be changed. God, we love you. Lord, please be magnified in our worship, in our fellowship, and in our teaching. Lord, we love you. Open our hearts this morning. In Jesus' mighty, wonderful, victorious, eternal, everlasting name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Great to see everyone this morning. So please turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And we're, I'm teaching verse by verse, verses 1 through 23. And let's, let's take a look at what the Word of God says to us this morning. Let's read the first nine verses. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. That day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. And the large crowds gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when... But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, give us ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning through, through the word of God. So, Lord, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Heart Check. Heart Check. You know, we go to the doctor to get our heart checked, to get our, to get our organs checked. Well, this morning you've come to Calvary Chapel Irmo, and I'm giving you a free service, a free spiritual heart check. So that's the title of my message, Heart Check. What type of heart do you have? What type of heart do you have? And trust me, I'm fixing to give you four words. If you you have something to write, write this down with, I want you to write down these four words. And your heart falls into one of these four categories, according to Jesus. Every single one of us, your heart falls into one of these four categories. So the four words I want you to write down are hard, shallow, Mixed and receptive. How would you describe your heart when it comes to hearing and receiving God's word? The Lord Jesus Christ in our text this morning, he is dividing up each and every single human heart into these four categories. And today, we're going to look at Jesus' words and we're going to find out what type of heart you have. We're going to find out what type of heart I have when it comes to receiving God's word. So y'all ready for some heart surgery? Ready for a heart check? 
the doctor's in, and we're going to see, see how the ticker's doing, how the spiritual ticker is doing on the inside. Let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. It says, That day Jesus went out of the house, and he was sitting by the sea. And large crowds gathered to him, so he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables. So here this morning in our, in our verse-by-verse study journey through the Gospel of Matthew, we're introduced to this word parable. What is a parable? A parable is a spiritual truth taught by using a physical example so that it can be easily understood, okay? Parables, I heard one uh, preacher say, parables are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. So we're given an illustration, an example of something in this life, and Jesus is going to compare that to a spiritual truth so that we can understand. The uh, parables make spiritual truths more solid, more interesting, more easy to remember, and apply to our lives. So this morning, we are going to study the parable of the sower. And fortunately, Jesus is going to give us this parable, but what's really cool is Jesus, our, our Lord and Savior, is also a theologian, and he's also going to explain this parable in just a few passages. So we're going we're gonna to be kind of jumping around in Matthew chapter 13 from the beginning of the chapter to the end of the chapter where he explains it so we can understand each one. So let's look at it. The parable of the sower, verse 3, says, And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seeds. There at the beginning, beginning of verse 4. So let's, let's set the parameters here of what's being talked about here. First off, the seed that's being scattered is the word of God. Okay? is the word of God. The sower in the passage could be the pastor, what I'm doing right now. It could be the evangelist. It could be the Christian witnessing to someone. It could be the teacher teaching God's word. So the sower is the one who is spreading the good news, who's sharing the word. And then you have the soil. The soil is your heart, specifically your heart's response to God's word. How does your heart respond on the inside when you hear the words of Jesus, when you hear the word of God taught, when a, a minister is ministering? That is what is the soil is your heart. Okay, so we got the seed, the sower, and the soil. Let's continue. Verse 4, it says, And he sowed some seed, excuse me, and as he sowed some seeds, fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. So imagine a road, okay? Imagine a rural highway in the back country. You're going down the road, it's an asphalt top. Right off the edge of the road is where the, uh, the asphalt kind of slopes off, and it's real hard. And then you just go just a few feet over, and the soil's real thin, and there's a little bit of grass. And then you go a little bit further, and you get into some greenery, and that's where the stickers and the briars. You ever been pulled over on the side of the road and get stickers and briars all in your, in your feet from walking along the roadside? But then if you go along the tree line, the, the, the grass is green and lush, and that's where you see the deer feeding when you're going down the road and you see the animals feeding. So imagine as we look at this parable, working your way from the edge of the road all the way to the tree line, okay? 
So the dirt closest to the road is the hardest because the seed cannot penetrate this dirt. And because the seed cannot penetrate this dirt, the, the birds come along the roadside and, and feast. They eat on that seed. So that's the parable that he's given us in verse 4. Now, how do we interpret that? Look down at verse 19 of the same chapter. In verse 19 of the same chapter, Jesus is going to interpret um, this parable in verse 4 to give us its spiritual meaning as it comes to our hearts. Look at verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. So according to Jesus' interpretation, verse 19 interprets verse 4 as the hard heart. So the first heart we have that Jesus talks about this morning is the hard heart. The hard heart is hardened. It's hard on the inside. It's, it's very difficult to penetrate it. Number one, because it's deceived by sin. You know, sin is deceptive. Sin and the deception of the world, it deceives the human heart. It takes away from what God says is good, pure, perfect, and holy, and it entices the person, and it hardens their heart, the deception of sin. The hard heart is hardened by the philosophies of this world on, on what the smart people say, and, and contrary to what the Word of God says. Paul will go on to say in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies, which depend on human tradition rather than on the principles of Christ. So the hard heart, if you have a hard heart, you're deceived by sin, and your heart is hardened by the philosophies of this world. And a person with a hard heart is unteachable. It's unteachable because they think they know better than God. And that's a big mistake there. You know, I, I lived that way for almost 20 years. I thought I knew better than God. I thought I, thought I knew what was right. I knew what was right. I knew what was right. I knew what was true. And it wasn't until I humbled myself and surrendered my life to Christ that he softened my heart and I understood that God's ways were better than my ways. Do you have a roadside hardened heart this morning? Do you? Do you have a, a hard heart? This is the first heart that Jesus talks about here in this passage. The hard heart, they don't see themselves as a sinner in need of grace. The hard heart has no desire to read the Bible. The hard heart refuses to take God's word serious. They're very flippant. Um, the hard heart refuses to open their hearts to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to come into our lives. He wants to soften our heart and save us and, and, and give us a pliable, uh, teachable heart. But the person who rejects that has a hard heart. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, he says, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the, he uses this exact same phrase, hardness of heart you know you don't want to have a hard heart toward the lord you don't want to have a hard heart towards scripture you want to keep your heart pliable but some people 
have a hard heart? How do you fix a hard heart? You know, how, do you, how, do you, how does a person who understands they have a hard heart, how do they fix that? First off, abandon your way of thinking and repent. Abandon your way of thinking. Understand that God's ways are higher and better and true. Yours are in error and repent and turn to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to soften your heart, to soften your heart to God's word. Turn to Jesus with a full heart and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you. Lord Jesus, I trust you. And Lord Jesus, I'm going to obey your word. That's how we fix a hard heart, that the Lord comes in and softens our heart. So that's the first heart, the hard heart. Let's look at the next heart. I'll give it to you up front as we read it. I call it the shallow heart. Verse 5. Verse 5, chapter 13. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. So a little further off the edge of the road, the, the soil is just a little bit deeper. Okay, It's not rock-hard asphalt, but there's just a little bit of dirt along the lines, along the edge of the road. And so the seed, when it's scattered there, it grows a little. But because of the little amount of dirt, what happens? The sun rises, the sun scorches it, and it withers away. Let's look down at verse 20. Verse 5, and Jesus in, uh, gives us the explanation for verses 5 and 6 down in verses 20 through 21. And he says there, The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. So the second heart is the shallow heart. Is the shallow heart. The shallow heart, there's no depth. There's no depth. That's what Jesus said there. He said at the end of uh, verse 5, because there's no depth of soil. So the shallow heart, there is no depth. A person with a shallow heart has a shallow understanding of, of spiritual things. Their thinking is shallow on the holiness of God. Their thinking is shallow on the cross. Their thinking is shallow on the things of eternity. They're easily swayed by the world. They're easily swayed by popular opinion. Why? Because there is no depth. There is no depth. They come to church. They receive the word with great joy. But when faced, but when faced with the challenges of this world and temptation... They fall away. Their heart is shallow. Why? Because there's no depth in the word. Friends and family, we got to dig in deep to the word of God. And we've got to study it, apply it to our lives, and just let it soak in and saturate our being. That's how we can know that we're walking in the truth. That's how we can know that we're following God. When you follow his word, you're following him. And we have to let his word sink in. Do you have a shallow heart this morning? Do you have a shallow heart? Do you have a shallow heart? Better yet, how do you fix a shallow heart? You know, praise the Lord for grace. 
You know what? If you're here this morning and you have a hard heart, guess what? Jesus can fix that. Guess what? If you're here this morning and you have a shallow heart, Jesus can fix this. You know, as I, as I was, I'm just teaching you what the Lord has taught me throughout the week in my study. And as I studied each of these four categories of hearts, I look back over, over my 30 years of serving Christ, and I've fallen into each category. Okay? I've been in each category. I've lived in each category. But how do you fix a shallow heart? Number one, you commit yourself to being a student of God's word. You commit yourself to being a student of the word. You study the word of God as though your eternity depended on it because it does. How often do you read your Bible? How often do you read your Bible? You know, we prioritize it every day to eat because we're hungry physically. Are you hungry spiritually, daily? You know, I'm not telling you how much time or what parts of the day, but you need to carve out time daily to spend time in God's word so that you can grow in grace and you can grow in truth and you can understand what his word says and you can be solid in your walk with Christ. Another way to fix the shallow heart is you commit yourself to discipleship. You commit yourself to discipleship and to spiritual growth. You know what discipleship is? Discipleship is when you submit yourself to godly leaders above you and you submit yourself to the word of God and you tell them and you tell God and you have the heart attitude that says, man, I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in the Lord. And that's what it takes to come out of that shallow heart. That's what it takes to, to get out of that. You commit yourself to discipleship and spiritual growth. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter says it right there in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow. You know, we all have room to grow. We all have room to grow spiritually. We all have room to grow in our faith. And what does he say grow in? Grow in grace. Understand the grace of God. God's unmerited favor. His blessing on our life. His presence in our life by virtue of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us at the cross understand his grace. And then it also says, grow in knowledge. Grow in knowledge of the word. This is what happens, friends and family. When you study the word of God, the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, he takes that word and he produces fruit in your life. And he helps you to grow. And he gives you victory over temptation. He gives you victory over trials. He, he, he causes you to grow. It says in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one that we want to know. He is the one that we want to become intimate with. He is the one that we want to grow in our love and our obedience and our allegiance to. And that same verse, 2 Peter 3.18 says, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. See, you're living this life and one day you're going to come to the end and you're going to cross that finish line. And when you cross that finish line, guess who you're going to run into, Christian? The Lord Jesus Christ. The one that you've been spending your life trusting in. The one that you've been spending your life living for. The one that you've been spending your life studying the scripture so that you can know him better. One day, you're going to step from time into eternity. And there's going to be your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
from now into the day of eternity, Peter says. But this is how we grow out of a shallow heart. We commit to growth and we commit discipleship. You know, if you're here this morning and you have a hard heart or, or you have a shallow heart and you want help, I want you to send me an email, david at ccermo.com. And I will see to it as a pastor that, that someone comes alongside you or that we help you as a church be discipled and grow in grace and grow in truth. We are here to build disciples, to mentor people, to help them follow Christ. So if you need help, please let me know. We'll make it our mission to help you. Let's continue. Number three. Number three. Verse seven. It's just one verse on the, on the, on the parable. He says in verse 7, Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. Now, when I first read this, I thought about, you know, you have a flat tire, you pull off on the side of the road, and you walk, you walk a little ways off the grass because you want to be in safety, and the next thing you know, you feel all these little prickly things get in your ankles, and you look down, and your shoes and your lower legs are covered in stickers. So, th- so, so we're getting further off the road. But how annoying is that? To have those little prickly things and then you try to pull them off with your fingers and they get stuck in your finger and it hurts and you, you're pulling the little pricks out of your finger. It's difficult. It hurts. But a little, little further off the road, there is some greenery, okay? But this is where the weeds and the thorns and the stickers are, okay? Let's look down at verse 22. Jesus interprets verse 7 in verse 22. It says in verse 22, And the one on whom seed was sown among the, there it is, the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Thus we have our third heart that possibly you may have. And that is a mixed heart. A mixed heart. There's something going on inside, man. There's... There's this wrestling between the spirit and the flesh. A person with a mixed heart, they want Christ, yet they constantly find themselves being pulled into the world by their own carnal desires. There's this wrestling. There's this, I want to live for Christ, but yet I'm being drawn back into the world. There's this fight taking place within them in the mixed heart. They, they think they can have it both ways. They're, they're straddling the fence. This individual is spiritual on Sunday, but then they live like the world Monday through Friday. They like, they, they like the idea of believing in Jesus. They love the idea of forgiveness of sin. They love the idea of eternal life. But then when they read those passages where Jesus said, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus, they hear those words, it's too much, and they dip out. That's the mixed heart, the wrestling heart. How do you fix a mixed heart? Do you have a mixed heart? Do you have a mixed heart? Do you find yourself in that wrestle, in that tussle between the world and God? Do you find yourself wanting to serve Christ, but yet at the same time, You find yourself compromising, willingly, openly, compromising your faith. How do you you fix 
How do you fix a mixed heart? Well, number one, take the Bible serious. Take the Bible serious. Read the pages of Scripture as they are, inspired by God. This is Almighty God speaking from heaven as you open the Bible. Take the Scriptures serious. When the the Word says it, that means God is saying it. And humbly submit to His truth and to His Word. Secondly, how to fix a mixed heart. I've been there. I've been there. Whatever, whatever is causing you to stumble, remove it. Whatever or whoever is causing you to compromise, causing you to fall, whoever is trying to pull you away from Christ and pull you back into the world, gracefully, respectfully, Remove yourself from those people or things that pull you away from Christ. They're not there to help you. They're there to hurt you. Number three, how to, how to fix a mixed heart. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. That old hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus. You know, make up your mind. I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes to follow him with all my heart and just make up, make up your mind, make a willing decision that Lord, I'm going to serve you. And then when you do that, put your hands to the plow and don't look back. And the final uh, way we, we fix a mixed heart is kind of the same thing I said with a shallow heart is discipleship, discipleship. You got to get into fellowship you got to get into Bible study. you got to get into accountability. You know, we are here not to judge each other, but we're here to help each other grow in our relationship with Christ. We're here to hold each other accountable in walking in grace, in walking in truth, in walking and in, in learning and growing in the knowledge of God. So again, if you find yourself with a hard heart, a shallow heart, or a mixed heart, Reach out to me, and we'll help you grow in the grace of God. We'll help you grow in the knowledge of the Lord, and we'll do our very best to help you grow as a Christian and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at the final one, the the, the final heart. So we had the hard heart, the shallow heart, the mixed heart. Now let's look at the receptive heart. Verse 8, look at verse 8. Jesus says, And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So finally, way off the road, way off the road is the tree line. It's lush. It's green grass. It's plants. It's where you see all the animals feeding. It's It's where it's just beautiful, green, and lush. This is the receptive heart. This is the receptive heart. Look down at verse 23. Jesus' interpretation, explanation, Jesus' explanation of verse 8 is found in verse 23. He says there, And the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. it who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, 
and some 30. The point is this person with, with the receptive heart, they are growing. Some of them are growing by leaps and bounds. Some of them are growing just a little. Some of them in the middle. But the bottom line is the receptive heart is growing. Are you growing in the grace of God? Are you growing in your love for him? Are you growing in your relationship with him? If you are, then you have a receptive heart. You have a receptive heart. And this is where we want to be. This is where I want to be. I hope this is where you want to be. The receptive heart, it hears God's word, it receives God's word, and it obeys God's word. Because the heart is soft and it soaks it in like a sponge. This person with a receptive heart, they allow the word of God and the Holy Spirit to change and transform them. When it comes to studying God's word, they are dialed in. They block out all distractions. They take notes for later reflection. They, they email the pastor with questions. I love it when I get email questions. Hey, pastor, what about this? And what about this? And what about that? That tells me that you're a sponge and you're soaking it in and you're taking in the word of God. Those are beautiful things to do. To have a receptive heart means that we're receiving in our walk with Christ everything that he has for us in his word. It's a beautiful place to be having a receptive heart to the Holy Spirit and to God's word. Listen to what King David said in Psalm 1. He said, talking about believers, chapter, Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. This person that has a receptive heart, they delight in the law of the Lord. In other words, they love it. It's like, it's like water to their soul. It fills their, the fiber of their being. And it helps them feel, I said feel, and know and experience the grace of God and God's power working in their life, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. You know, we have to be meditating on the word of God every day, every night, every, every moment. When you open your Bible, let it soak in day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prosper. You ever, if you ever notice this, if you're ever looking along a river or a creek, look at the, the life um, or the characteristics of the trees along the water's edge versus the trees that are way off. Man, those trees that are by the water's edge, man, they are big, they are lush, they are green, they are strong, they are healthy. That's because they're beside the river. Well, when you and I, friends and family, are by the river of God's word with a receptive heart, we're like that tree on the riverbank, growing, growing in grace, growing in knowledge, growing in truth, growing in our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. This all comes from having a receptive heart. Do you have a receptive heart? You know, this is, we're, having, we're, doing, we're doing a heart check right now. And I'm not judging your heart. You don't judge my heart. You judge your own heart. Do you, which heart do you have? Hard? Shallow? Mixed? Or receptive? You say, Pastor David, I, I, I think I'm a little, there's a, there's a little bit of hardness in my heart. There's a little shallowness. There's a little bit of mix. What do I do? How, how, can, I have a, how can I change and have a receptive heart? How can this change me today? 
Number one, pray. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart to God's word. It starts with asking and saying, Lord, please open my heart. Lord, please give me a desire. That desire has to be there. And that desire comes from God to, to, for our hearts to be open. Secondly, after you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart, then meditate. Meditate on God's word. Let it soak in deep. I'm all about reading through the Bible in a year. I, I think that's beautiful. I think that's glorious. I think that's an awesome thing that a lot of believers do. But I, 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 have, a difficulty, I have difficulty doing that. I like to take a passage of scripture and I like to read it five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Because the more you meditate on the passage, the more truth you discover in the word. So we have to get so we have to meditate on God's word. And when we meditate on it, and, and there's nothing wrong with reading the passage over and over and over again, even memorizing the passage. Because what you do when you do that, you're letting it soak into your mind. You're letting it soak into your heart. And it becomes a very part, very part of the fabric of your being. So friends, family, for a receptive heart, also get into a Bible study. Get into a Bible study. Take lots of notes. Ask questions. Man, take this word, man. Open it up and just tear it apart. Man, Break down the passage. Understand the context. Understand the historical narrative that was taking place when it was written. Understand the application it has for today. The more you study the word, the more your heart will be receptive as you grow in grace. Get you a concordance. Get you a Vines Expository Dictionary. Get some study tools, but dive into the word. And as you do that, your heart will become more and more receptive this receptive heart right here, number four, the receptive heart, this is where you find victory over habitual sin and temptation. You know, when I, came, when I first came to Christ in 92, a lot of my stuff, a lot of my baggage, God set me free from a lot of the sins, but there were certain sins in my life I just couldn't break free from. I had difficulties and challenges, and I just had a difficult time of breaking away from certain sins that had been in my life for so long. But here is where I got the victory over those temptations. It was through discipleship and committing myself to studying God's word and digging in deep. The Holy Spirit uses your study of his word to set you free from habitual sin and temptation. And he washes your mind with the word. This is what a receptive heart looks like. So I ask you this morning, what type of heart do you have? And how can Calvary Chapel Irmo come alongside you to help you grow in grace and to move from that hard heart or that shallow heart or that mixed heart to having a receptive heart, just like Jesus here is talking about in Matthew 13. Let us help you grow in grace and truth and grow in that area of your life. Let's continue with our verse-by-verse study. Verse 9, verse 9. Jesus closes this parable. He says, he who has ears, let him hear. Now, Jesus here is not talking about physical ears, okay? Okay? He's talking about spiritual ears. The spiritual ears that hear the voice of God in Scripture. 
And what happens is the Holy Spirit draws us closer and gives us understanding as we have spiritual ears to hear his truth and to hear his word. Verse 10, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. You know, the parables give believers a greater, a more complete, a deeper understanding of God's kingdom. But Jesus says here, it was not given to the world. He says that very plainly. It was not given to the world. Why? Because the world does not treasure it. The world does not care, and they don't understand. But if they will repent, humble themselves, put their trust in Christ, he will give them understanding. Verse 12, And whoever has to him, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even to what he has, shall be taken away from him. You know, I love that verse. The, the more you understand about God, and the more you understand about the Bible, the more he will give you. What does that principle say to us? The more you understand, the more God will give you. What does that speak to? Growing. That speaks to us growing. So wherever you're at on the Christian uh, spectrum, whether you're a new babe in Christ or you've been serving Christ for 60 years, wherever you're at on the spectrum, God, there's room for you to grow. There's room for you to grow in grace. Nobody here, including myself, has arrived, okay? We will arrive when we step into eternity and we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But until then, we all have room to grow. Verse 13, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. You know, I read this verse, and he's talking about them not understanding. I think back to my life. I think back to prior to 1992, before I got saved. The Bible made absolutely no sense to me. It was there in my room. It was dusty in the living room on, on, on a shelf, but it just didn't make no sense to me. But after I got saved, and after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, man, it was like, the word of God just came to life. As Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two double-edged sword. But before a person comes to Christ, it's just a religious book. That's the, that's the Bible. That's what them Christians believe. You know, that's, that's just a book. Ancient stories from 2,000 years ago. But when you, when you become born again, and you become a follower of Jesus, this book no longer becomes some ancient historical book uh, just considered to be written you know with ancient meanings but it becomes the very word of God it becomes the food for our soul as we open the Bible and we read it and we understand that it is God's word but again we see two things going on in the world today we see believers who love it who treasure it who it, it opens their heart it causes them to have a receptive heart but also in our world, we see those with a hard heart. And people with a hard heart, we pray for. We pray fervently that God will open their heart. And we pray, Lord, use us to help them understand the truth of God's word. 
Let's, con- let's finish it up, verses 14 through 17. So verses 14 and 15, um, he's going to refer back to Isaiah, talking about there will be people with a hard heart. And then in verse 16, he's going to talk about uh, people that have a receptive heart, because that's where we want to be, a receptive heart. But verse 14, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see their they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and return, and I would heal them. Do you see even in verse 15 there, there's this people, Jesus explaining people with a hardening of heart. But who, whose fault is it, according to Jesus there? He says, with their ears, they scarcely hear. And it says in verse 15, a little ways into it, it says, they have closed their eyes. So this is people that close their eyes. This is people that put their fingers in their ears and they don't want to hear it. They choose not to want to hear it. It says otherwise, that that phrase otherwise in there, in other words, if they weren't hardening their hearts, if they weren't closing their ears, they would see, halfway through verse 15, they would see with their eyes, they would hear with their ears, and and, and understand with their heart and return. And, and he says, and look at the ver- end of verse 15, and I would heal them. So Jesus puts the responsibility for the hardening of the heart on the individual because they won't open their heart. They, they won't open their heart to the things of God. They close their heart. They say, I don't want to hear it. But Jesus says, if they would, if, if they would, they would be able to see. If they, if they open their heart, they'll be able to see. If they open their heart, they'll be able to hear. And he says at the end of verse 15, and I would heal them. You know, Christ welcomes people who walk in unbelief to repent, turn to him, believe, trust, live for him. And he says he will heal their heart. In other words, he'll give them a receptive heart that learns from God. Verse 17. Oh, I'm sorry, wait a minute. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes, the receptive, the receptive hearts, the people that accept Christ and follow him. He said, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. In other words, we have an eternal perspective. We see things spiritually. We see the truth of Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and we follow him with all of our hearts. And finally, uh, verse 17 For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Basically he's saying here, Jesus was saying to the people that he's speaking to there, man, I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah. All the prophets of the Old Testament, every book of the Old Testament pointed forward to my coming. Here I am. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men, they desired to see it. You know, the Old Testament, the prophets, they were looking through the scriptures. They were looking, as it were, through a stained glass window. They saw fuzzy pictures of the future Messiah that was to come. They could see images. They could see prophecies and, 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 what he, and, and trying to explain what he would be like. 
But the people there in Jesus' day, they did not look through a stained glass window. They saw the word Jesus himself. And he says, and they did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and they did not hear it. Finally, in closing, what kind of heart do you have? What kind of heart do you have this morning? According to Jesus' parable, the parable of the sower, he divides all people into four categories. A hard heart, a shallow heart, a mixed heart, or the one that we all want to move towards, a receptive heart. Do you, put this in a little more practical terms, do you open your heart to God's word? Or do you think you know better? Do you humbly submit to Jesus' teaching and to what God has said in his word? Or do you do like the world does and do you ignore it? We open our hearts to God's word or we ignore it. If you open your heart, if you, you, me, us, if we open our heart, he will change us. He will transform us. You know, we, we have to come to him and say, Lord, I need you. And when we, say, when we come to him and say, Lord, I need you, I don't have it all together, he picks up the broken pieces and he puts our life back together. If you're here this morning and you have a hard heart, a shallow heart, a mixed heart, my email address is david at ccermo.com. Send me an email and let me know what's going on. And we'll do our very best to help you move into Jesus' fourth category, which is a receptive heart. I will lovingly, gracefully talk with you, encourage you, challenge you to help you grow in your walk with Christ. Because that is our goal here. Our goal here is not only to win people to Christ, but to make men and women disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, who know him in his power, in his glory, in his truth, and who walk and live their lives to live their lives to honor and glorify him. If that's you, we love you and we're here to help you grow in grace. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, thank you for the parable of the sower. And Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that, that we all, including myself, God, standing in this pulpit, that we all examine our hearts and help us all, Lord, to make an honest assessment of where our heart is. And Lord, I pray that you'll give each and every one of us my prayer for today, this first Sunday in March, is that you'll give us a receptive heart. Give us the desire and the passion to pursue you because of your great love, because of your grace, because of your truth, because of your kindness, because of your mercy. You're, you, you're, God, you're a loving Heavenly Father who desires for us to walk with you and open our hearts fully to you. For Lord, we love you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, do your work in our hearts. 
In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.